Lost in all of the hubbub over the partial government shutdown is a new law that promises big changes for how the government administers its small business programs. It's called the Small Business Runway Extension Act. The president signed it earlier this month. My next guest to help write that law, Stephen Romali, is a government contracts lawyer at Miles and Stockbridge, and he joins me now in studio. Steve, good to have you in. Thanks, Don. Pleased to be here. What does this law do? So the law amends a section of the Small Business Act that establishes the basis for setting size standards. Um, so small businesses were previously defined as, uh, at least in the services space, as an average of their previously completed three fiscal years, right? And so the law now changes it to be an average of their previously completed five fiscal years. And what would the practical effect of that be, that more businesses could stay small longer? That's right. The law does a few different things, and there's a few rationales for it. But most prominently, uh, the law was passed in order to improve the standing and status of what are called mid-sized businesses. The law, while ostensibly about only small businesses there, the law is mostly about a, a segment of the small business population that is about to grow to become large. Now, there are only two definitions of, of businesses in the federal marketplace, small and other than small, right? So that doesn't draw a distinction between very large businesses, you know, the Lockheed Martins of the world, and sort of the, the, the smaller mid-sized businesses that have just barely exceeded their, their NAICS code standards. So as, as I think many of your listeners know, the, uh, the services NAICS codes top at, at about $38.5 million for more sophisticated work and can go down as far as $7.5 million or even mm-hmm. less in some areas. Um, so it depends on your marketplace. But, for example, a sophisticated engineering firm at $39 million a year in average receipts is going to have to compete with the really high-end firms that have a billion or, or more in receipts. And what, uh, what I think Congress observed, um, based on the, the report that they put out along with the bill, and also based on the testimony that uh, myself and a few others gave, is, is that when folks approach those, those numbers, they go, other than small, they tend to experience sort of one of three things, right? They either uh, stagnate because they no longer have access to uh, the advantages of, of being right, small. Set aside dollars, or they fall backwards and gain access again to those set aside dollars, or they sell. And the observation was that while Congress and the federal government's not really in the business of trying to pick winners and losers, the observation was that that reality is detrimental to the federal marketplace. It's not just detrimental to those individual sure. businesses, but it's all about growing the federal supply base, right? And you do that in order to ensure diversity at the top. And ensure market pressure brings prices down. Without firms growing to become large, you end up getting stagnation at the top. So it was an economic measure. I think it was a global – Right. So if a firm gets a large contract, they can look back five years now instead of three years and maintain right. their presence in the various set-aside programs for small. Yeah, and it does a couple of things. So so the biggest thing is, is folks are focusing on, I think, this the benefits to the smallest. But this actually also helps large businesses. One of the biggest complaints from large primes is that uh, – by the time they develop a relationship with a small subcontractor to meet their subcontracting goals, and by the time they, they really develop that uh, and rely on that relationship, the small size is out. And so they can no longer utilize them to meet their goals. Well, this will hopefully keep people small longer so that they are able to you know have those relationships sure. for a longer period of time, benefiting and everyone. Will this enhance the government's ability to meet its small business goals? Yeah, just as it would enhance Prime's abilities to meet their goals. Yes, absolutely. That's going to be passed up to the government. We're speaking with Steve Romali. He's a government contracts lawyer at Miles and Stockbridge. And what is incumbent on the Small Business Administration now? Because 
usually when these things are enacted, these types of laws, that touches off a whole big slew of rulemaking. Have they started the rulemaking and what rules do they have to do? So this is complicated. And for those uh, – We'll try to keep it simple. Yeah, for those of your listeners who are following it, they've probably seen lots of writings out there, lots of articles from various folks arguing both sides of of the issue. So the – the default the default rule that I think everyone's aware of is that when President Trump signed a law, it is a law, and that laws, contrary regulations, that is the law of the land. The interesting nuance here is that this law amended a section of the Small Business Act that gives the administrator authority, the administrator of the SBA, authority to set size standards on some certain basis, and the law changed that basis. So the question is, does it automatically replace the existing size standards that are found only in regulation, by the way, not in the statute itself, or what is, it, or does it then sort of command the administrator or authorize the administrator to issue new regulations on this new basis? Um, I have my own personal opinions, but I do know that SBA has come out with a, a, a policy statement that they're essentially saying this isn't presently effective yet. We have to implement regulations, and those regulations, I, I think, will will take a few months. This is going to set up. Well, rulemaking takes a few months anyway. Well, at a minimum, really. Um, and it depends on the type of rulemaking they go for. There are things called interim final, direct to final. I'm not going to get into the weeds of the administrative law, law procedure on that, but it could, you know. Well, what is the intent more, more. of Congress, do you think? I think intent of Congress was to make it effective immediately. I think practically that's difficult. Again, I, I want it to be effective. I think I, I believe in the, in the change and I want it to be effective as soon as possible. One practical challenge, though, is uh, SAM.gov. SAM.gov currently only has a, a, a – The system for award management. Correct, yes. It only allows for the reporting of three most recently completed fiscal years. It doesn't allow for five years. The actual architecture of the website has to be updated and this is there's a tension here. So contracting officers are required to rely on SAM, right? Um, so if if someone writes a certification on the five year, there's going to be a tension between that certification, which allegedly or supposedly could be considered to be valid under the existing law, and the database that contracting officers are required to rely upon. So that puts contracting officers in a difficult position of having to sort of choose. Um, it maybe makes them some quasi judicial sure. role, right? But with respect to what SBA requires. Whether it's three years or five years, it seems like the law would be clear because you mentioned a lot of the details of the implementation of the Small Business Act is left to regulatory authorities in the SBA. So the $39 million size, for example, and I think they revised all of the NAICS codes a few years ago, and that took them about five years to do that. That's right. They're doing it on an interim basis. Yeah, yeah. But when the law says three to five years, that would seem specific enough that the agency has got to do it. Yeah, and, and I and I here's the thing, Tom. I think folks are going to be doing that. Can't speak to my my own clients or myself, but I do know that folks will try that. It's just too attractive for them to not try it. And what we are going to see is if SBA isn't able to get this um, law finalized, or at least these regulations finalized in time, which it's just you know it's not their fault. There's a lot of hoops to jump through in order to do that. You're is there a deadline see, in the law? Uh, there's no deadline in law. And actually, when there isn't a deadline in the law, typically it means the law is presently effective, right? It, uh, the default rule is present effect unless otherwise stated. What's going to happen, therefore, is someone's going to use this. It's likely going to be size protested. You're going to find this making its way up to the Office of Hearings and Appeals, most likely. It's SBA's appellate, sort of administrative appellate body that manages size issues. Um, and then it may even go further than that to Court of Federal Claims. And sort of this is all a timing issue. Um, does SBA get the regulations out before these things really materialize? Yet to be seen. Well, what has Administrator McMahon said 
Has she said anything about what she hopes for in this law? To my knowledge, no. Uh, Administrator McMahon has not actually said anything in particular. I could be wrong about that. But I, ha- I have heard you know, and had conversations with uh, the AABD, the Associate Administrator for Business Development, Mr. Rob Wong, and, and who has been you know, helpful in, in discussing this with the stakeholders uh, to date. Very helpful, in fact. The reality is, is that this isn't just SBA's ballgame. Um, they have to go through OIRA. There are other agencies' uh, interests to be considered potentially. So um, that's what's making the regulatory implementation as difficult as it is. Uh, is and, anyone against this? So that's that's what I was about to segue to. So yes, absolutely. And I'll be the first to say that while I support this legislation wholeheartedly, it's not perfect from my perspective. I think there is opportunity for Congress to continue to tweak it. But there are some valid criticisms of the law. By transitioning from a three-year to a five-year look back, for some folks, particularly folks on the decline, you're actually going to see some those folks staying large rather than becoming small when perhaps... They ought to become small in order to be able to then get back under the small business programs. Steve Romali is a government contracts lawyer at Miles and Stockbridge. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much, Tom. Pleased to be here. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. <coughs> Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature.